Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This episode is probably going to be a little bit shorter than usual as it's the holiday season for many people right now. As I'm recording this, it's December 28th, a Friday, 2018, and uh, we're working with just a few people in the office right now as most of my staff are uh, on vacation or enjoying some time with family right now. Just a word of housekeeping before we get into the news this week, I will not be doing a newsletter next next week. Um, I'm going to be on vacation with my family. It's the first time that as a family, we're going to do something fun on a nice warm beach. And I'm going to do my best to completely unplug from work for uh, an entire week, which is a challenge for me. Um, Please know though, that if you are looking for a site review, uh, if you need some help with something with the newsletter or anything like that, you can always reach my team via the contact form on our website or um, uh, at help at mariehaines.com. And uh, they will be available to help you as well. And then I'll be back recording another podcast, probably second week of January. So, um, you know, hopefully we won't miss a whole lot there. So let's jump into the news for this week. First thing is algorithm updates. Now, Google has said years ago, Matt Cutts from Google, he said, you know, Google really does not like to do algorithm updates over the holidays. And uh, that hasn't always been true. We've had some years where there really does seem to have been a significant update that happened right around Christmas time or maybe the week before or after. This week, I did have a bit of time to look in Google Analytics and didn't really notice anything that I could comfortably call an algorithm update. It's tricky at this time of year because there's so much seasonality. I mean, there's sites that will see massive jumps and there's other sites that see drops as well, um, particularly if you're in the education space, uh, anything that involves students. Um, that uh, are more likely to be searching from school. And so uh, I haven't noted any obvious algorithm updates. If there is a significant update in the future, in the next week or so when I'm gone, my team is going to keep track of uh, all of the chatter. So the things that we see on Search Engine Roundtable, the chatter on Twitter and whatnot, Um, but they won't be actually doing the assessment of our Google Analytics profiles. So you're going to need to wait for me to come back, which is going to be mid uh, second week of January or so to get that kind of news. Um, So let's talk about, there really aren't that many Google announcements to talk about this week, but here's something interesting. Now, this is actually not that new. Um, We looked in archive.org and this changed sometime between August and October, but this is kind of a big deal. Uh, Google changed the wording on their link schemes page to include the following. It says, um, this this is something that it says is considered a link scheme. Quote, requiring a link as part of a terms of service, contract, or similar arrangement without allowing a third-party content owner the choice of using nofollow or other method of blocking page rank should they wish. And end quote. Um, and that's significant because we see this a lot. Like, for example, if you are a web designer, you probably include a link back to your site in the footer of um, the sites that you design. And that may or may not be okay where um, to be technically within Google's guidelines, what needs to happen is that the business owner needs to know that that link is there and be okay with it. Now, what some people would say is, well, how would Google know? I mean, how would Google know that I've gotten permission to put a link back to my website? And um, I think, you know, it's been a while since I've seen 
a penalty for footer links in a web design company linking back to themselves. And so most likely what you're going to find happening is not that you get penalized, but just that these links are not counting for anything. And I think Google is really good at determining that links that are a part of a footer's template are probably not as valuable or even valuable at all than links that are within the main body of the footer. Uh, another example is if you have a widget that you want people to embed. So for example, if you had a widget where people could display the weather in your area, or maybe I made a widget where, uh, yeah, it's not a bad idea actually, I could create a widget that you could embed that says, here's the latest algorithm update um, and has all the information there. It's fine to include a link back to my website in that widget, provided a few things are true. One is that I'm not trying to link back with a keyword. If I made that widget and I linked back with SEO site audits, um, in an effort to sort of improve my ranking for that term. I don't even know if we rank for that term, but um, point being, if I tried to improve rankings because I'm including a keyword anchor uh, in a link from a widget, then that's probably not something that you want to do. We have seen Google give out penalties for that type of thing. I want to say like within the last six months or so, we've seen that. Um, but, uh, and here's the other thing. If you are providing a widget uh, what I would like to do is actually give site owners the choice as to whether or not they want to link back to you. So you could actually have drop bomb down boxes that says, you know, include a followed link, include a no followed link, or even encourage people to produce their own anchor text. Like, how would you like to link back to our website? So the point being here is that if you have to find a way to trick people into linking to you, it's probably something that Google is going to consider unnatural. Uh, this was an interesting thing that uh, Barry Schwartz noticed from one of the recent help hangouts. Uh, and I haven't had a chance to get into the last two help hangouts. So we'll, we'll have more info on that for you soon. Um, but what he said was somebody asked John Mueller whether Google actually looks at mentions. So they're talking about unlinked mentions here. So let's say that the New York Times writes an article and includes your brand in this article, but they don't link to you. Will that help you at all? So here's what John Mueller said in the Help Hangout. Quote, he said, we would pick that up as a mention on another website, but it's not a link. It doesn't pass any page rank, so it's not really the same thing as a link, end quote. And so this is significant, right? Because what John is saying is Google recognizes this is a mention, but it's not going to pass page rank to your site. So I think that this is contributing to your EAT, your expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And this goes in line with what Gary Ish said at PubCon Austin in February of 2018. He said that EAT is largely based on offsite links and mentions. And so, um, you know, there's been some discussion as to whether Google uses offsite sentiment. It's something I want to write an article on at some point in the future. But the point is here that Google can recognize authoritative mentions. So if you get a mention in, you know, some big news organization or some site that's really well known as an authority in your space and they don't link to you, it still can be quite helpful for you. Um, and so remember the A in EAT talks about your authority. And if you are a site that is your money or your life, meaning that you are helping people make very important decisions in their lives, then Google does not want to rank you unless you are known as an authority. So you want to do everything you can to get mentions. Ideally, if your mentions are linked with a followed link, that can do the best to help your sites, in my opinion. But even if you can't get that link, it's something that really, really should be helpful to you. 
So here's a neat little thing. Uh, Bill Swalski tweeted out this Reddit thread, and I've linked to it from the newsletter. And the question was, what are skills that a technical SEO should have? And I loved, uh, I picked out some of the best ones from this thread. Uh, one of them was to get comfortable with a crawler. So Screaming Frog or Deep Crawl were the examples given. We like using Sightbulb as well. We use a lot of Screaming Frog and Sightbulb. Um, and we also use the uh, SEMrush crawler um, that crawls. We usually crawl about a thousand pages of a site and we can get some really quick uh, information on um, site errors on uh, you know things that are very easy to fix usually on a site. Uh, another tip was to learn to analyze server logs. I have to say that I'm guilty of this that I, I have not spent as much time analyzing server logs as I want to. It's kind of one of my goals to get better at that. Uh, another tip was to get familiar with the new Google Search Console. And it's hard whenever a tool comes out with a drastic different change. Uh, we kind of want to stick with the old tool that we know but there's a lot of really good stuff in the new Search Console. So we use a lot the index coverage report to find thin content for your website. Um, and there's a lot of other really good things that you can use in there. Um, and so there's some other good tips that you can uh, find in the newsletter. Uh, if you are a paid member of the newsletter, we've got the rest of the, the tips in there. Um, should you be disavowing odd foreign foreign spam links? That's a tough one to say. So here was a question that was asked of John Mueller on Twitter. And somebody said, if you have a bunch of strange, uh, in, in his words, Chinese, Indian, Japanese backlinks that you just can't get on top of, should you be disavowing these? And so John said, um, uh, to be honest, I haven't run across a single case of random, strange Chinese, Indian, and Japanese backlinks where a disavow would have had a positive effect. Save your effort for things that really matter for your site. So what John's saying here, and so many people are confused about this, is uh, disavow is not not meant for the ultra spam links like this. If you've got a bunch of spammy Russian foreign links or even porn links or um, things like that pointing at your site, then this is not the type of link that Google wants to demote sites for. They want to, um, if they are demoting sites algorithmically, which I think there still are some algorithms that can harm a site um, even without getting a manual penalty. But if they're doing this, it's always because you've been actively trying trying to manipulate Google. So Google knows that all, all of a sudden you had a million Russian porn sites linking to you, that that's probably not something that you yourself did in order to improve your Google rankings. So, I mean, if we're doing a link audit, we'll still disavow those. Uh, but we're not going to go in and specifically look for those links unless we're already doing a link audit for some other purpose. Uh, this was a neat tweet by Aleda Solis, and she pointed out that uh, if you were using sets in Google Search Console, that those are still available in the old Google Search Console version. So sets mean that, um, for example, when you're doing site migrations, you can um, kind of put everything in one set, all of your subdomains, uh, different, you know, your www version and your non www version, your HTTPS, and, you know, if you do have some HTTP pages, uh, and those are all in a set. Those, as far as I understand, are not available in the new search console yet. So Google's still kind of merging things slowly with this. Uh, this was a great tweet by Matt Cutts. It's been a while since we've mentioned, uh, you know, some type of a productivity tip by Matt. Um, but he uh, suggested that you can use Gmail 
And uh, so this is not an SEO tip, but I loved it and it really, uh, I used it. And what you do is you do a search for label colon inbox, quote, unsubscribe, end quote. And so the whole point is that you can find all of your emails that are in your inbox that um, you could potentially unsubscribe from. And so I found a bunch that I could unsubscribe from that I never really wanted to sign up for in the first place. And that sped up my, I'm sure that'll speed up my productivity a little bit. Just a little bit about, uh, we've mentioned before that we did a webinar recently on EAT because there are so many questions about EAT. Now, I don't claim to know everything about EAT. One of the things in the webinar that I point out uh, several times is whether we're talking about something that Google has confirmed or whether we have a theory on EAT. And the things that are theory, I've talked about, well, here's why I think it is this way and tried to give some um, evidence either from the quality raters guidelines or from something that John Mueller has said, uh, just to sort of put together this picture of how Google may be algorithmically using EAT. So this webinar we did a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's had over a thousand views on YouTube, which is fantastic. And most of these people are watching almost the entire video. Um, we finally got a transcription on our website now. Uh, if you go to, um, oh gosh, I think it's, well, if you go to mariehaines.com slash EAT, no hyphens or anything, you'll get my main article on EAT and you'll see there's a link to webinar part one. We're going to be running part two of the webinar probably mid-January, maybe late January. And this is where we're going to talk all about author EAT. There's a few things about author EAT in the transcription for this one. Um, I really encourage you to read the transcription for this. Even as I was going through it and publishing it for the website, I learned stuff. Even though I taught it all, I'm, I'm still looking at that going like, you know, this is good for us to focus on some of these. Some of the questions that people had were fantastic questions. And so I've written out uh, my thoughts on the answers to these questions in that post. Um, we don't have a whole lot to talk about in terms of local SEO, but uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out was a really interesting conversation by David Mim and Mike, Mike Blumenthal talking about the direction that Google is heading and how it looks like Google may have uh, all of the um, foundation together for a fantastic social platform. And I know that seems crazy because they had Google Plus and it didn't work out so well. Um, I really thought when Google Plus came out that it was going to take over Facebook. And I was so wrong on that. But I, you know, I think David and Mike are on to something here. And I think, I think it's probably going to take a couple years, but I think we're probably going to see that Google comes out with something that, you know, they've got their fingers in everything. They've got, you know, people are using maps for everything. They've got all your music preferences for people who use Google Play Music, um, your podcast preferences, like a ton of different things. And so uh, it'd be interesting to see if, uh, you know, a new social network comes out um, from Google in the next couple of years. Um, one final thing, um, let's see here, is that uh, th there was an interesting tweet about Slack using how-to schema. Uh, so this is a new type of schema, uh, which you can mark up your content to say, hey, we're, we're teaching some how-to information here. And this actually gets displayed in the search results. It's really cool. It's very hard to explain this over a podcast. So I'd encourage you to go. This is in episode 63 of the newsletter. Um, just to see uh, how this looks in the search results. Or hey, you could probably do a Google search yourself. Uh, the search that was done was how to create a Slack slash command. And then you'll see all of this um, schema that's in the search results. It's, it's fantastic. So uh, this is something that we're probably going to look into for doing for our sites at some point. Point. 
Um, and let's see here. Oh, one final, final thing. It was an interesting find by Barry Schwartz. Uh, somebody was asking, how many people work on search at Google? I've always wanted to know this. Uh, the answer is that there's over a thousand people who work on search at Google. Um, I know that's kind of vague, but I would love to know how many people are on Google's team uh, for Penguin or, you know, core quality search um, because uh, they have a really big impact on the the lives and the productivity of so many businesses. So, um, so that's interesting stats. And that's actually all that we have for this week. There hasn't been a bunch of crazy news, but that's because a good number of people are off celebrating Christmas right now. And uh, you'll see that um, things will start to pick up over the next week or two again. Um, I'm trying to think traditionally, I don't think we've had crazy algorithm updates in January. Uh, February, though, has been uh, usually most Februarys we have a big algorithm update. So we'll stay tuned for that. And then a lot of people joke that when I travel, usually Google does something. Um, and given that I'm going to try my best to stay mostly offline, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, ironically something happens while I'm gone. But regardless, we will figure it out. Um, so I really hope that most of you are able to enjoy some time off and time with uh, family and friends over the holiday. Uh, if you are, again, trying to reach us, help, H-E-L-P, at mariehaines.com. We'll get you one of my team members and hopefully they'll be able to help you out. So until we talk again, I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. <laughs>